0: Welcome to the ABCs of Matrescence. We are two mamas, Emma and Mackenzie, and we both have toddler age boys. And here on our podcast, we chat all things a real motherhood from A to Z, and absolutely everything in between. Matrescence is the process of becoming a mother, and that is what we dive into on each and every episode. So welcome, everybody. My name is Mackenzie, and I'm going to be hosting this conversation we're going to be having today. I'm very delighted to have the opportunity to introduce both Jessica Santana and Amaral Tomney. We're going to talk about several different topics tonight, not just one, not just two. We have a few different things that we're going to get a chance to dive into. We're going to talk about things that touch mothers from all sorts of backgrounds and circumstances. So whether one of these topics appeals to you personally or not, it's likely something that you have either heard of or that you will hear of as your motherhood journey continues. And one thing that Emma and I really find super important in motherhood is the idea of shared experiences and creating collective community. And that's something that we're able to offer through our podcast, especially when we invite other voices on. So really excited to have these two women here with me. So we're going to be chatting about the world of European formula feeding. So Emma and I, neither of us did formula feeding. So having the opportunity to speak with two experts in this area is really unique for us. Also, we're going to be talking about the breastfeeding feeding condition known as DEMER, which Jessica experienced with both of her children. So DEMER is dysphomoric milk ejection reflex, and the acronym for that is DEMER, and it's a condition affecting lactating women that is characterized by an abrupt dysphoria or negative emotions that occur just before milk release and continuing for a few moments after that it's a very interesting condition. I had never been familiar with it prior to my conversation with Jessica about this. So we thought this was something very interesting and extremely important for our community to be aware of. We're also gonna learn a little bit more about V VBAC birth. So a VBAC birth is that she delivered her second child vaginally after having had a cesarean with her first. And that's also an experience. Emma and I just have one kiddo each and both of our children were delivered vaginally. So this is a topic that we have never been able to share previously on the podcast. And we're also going to dive into a little bit about what these two women have created on Facebook. So they have a Facebook group that supports women across the globe in their European formula breastfeeding journeys. So today this group is over 20,000 members strong and Jessica and Amaril run it together in addition to also working directly one-on-one with mothers and families through Facebook messenger. So it's pretty exciting what these two women have created and we're going to get to dive into that today. So. Above all, our focus is on the sense of community and empowerment that can be created when women get together, team up, and support each other during the season of Matrescence. So Jessica and Amaral, thank you so much for being here with me today. How are you ladies?
1: Good. How are you doing?
0: (laughs) Good. Hanging in there. (laughs) Absolutely. So would you mind just telling our audience a little bit more about yourselves and your families?
1: okay well i am jessica i have two children um charlotte and leo um living in rhode island wife of one uh and then my work wife amaryl um (laughs) and we are a (laughs) work (laughs) wife i like that (laughs) she is my work wife um and we are a kind of laid-back homeschooling family and um yeah we just try to do every day as, as best we can
0: Awesome! Nice to meet you officially via the—I should say—via the uh, the wonderful world of of the internet. Now, Jessica, although we've had the privilege of meeting in person, so and Amara?
2: Hi, um, I'm a stay-at-home mom, and I also work part-time from home. And I have two boys, Noah and Levi. Noah just turned four in August, and Levi is about to turn two in January. Um, I'm also the mom of six chickens and two dogs. <laughs> um, before becoming a stay-at-home mom, uh, I was working as a, as a biochemist actually for a very large company um, in their pharmaceutical and biotechnology division. Um, I have a master's in biochemistry and I'm complete geek when it comes to biology or anything chemistry related. Um, mm. Yeah, I live in Pennsylvania, so I don't live that close to Jessica, but we've had our encounters like in person, <laughs> which <laughs> yep. maybe we'll, we'll talk about probably later. Um, but yeah, that's
0: me. That's wonderful. I'm very jealous the two of you have had in-person encounters because believe it or not, Emma and I have been having our podcast now for almost a year and we've been friends for well over two and we have never met in person and we yeah. talk every single day.
2: You mm-hmm. have to do it. You have to yeah. just, like, you got to oh, just yeah. bombard your vacations, which we'll, just, we'll, we'll <laughs> talk
1: about that later. You'll it's see. super exciting when you do.
0: Yeah. yeah. Oh, I love it. Okay, cool. Yeah. We, uh, we have it on the agenda. Well, I should say we had it on the agenda virtually, starting in the spring and then the summer and then the fall. And then it was COVID, COVID, COVID. So, you yeah. know, yeah. so. Yeah. All right. So, how did the two of you meet? How has your friendship grown throughout the season of motherhood? And what brought the two of you together?
1: um well we met uh through the group so uh, i started the formula group and then emerald became an admin for the group and we you know that's how we met and and grew closer and i think we started talking about some i don't know emerald was it something nintendo related we were talking about buying nintendo games at yard sales separately but when you run a facebook group um you talk every day you have to talk every day and the group was growing so rapidly um so by default, we spoke every day and then we're like, oh, you know, what do you think about this? What do you think about this? And then we just, uh, we became friends from there and I was just kind of like, you know what? I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna come to your house and visit you. She's like, I'm sorry. I'm like, yep, I'm coming. <laughs> and then, and then I, I drove to Pennsylvania after she had her son and then, um, you know, we, we well, you're, every skipping, day. You're skipping, you're skipping something. Wait, right so you
0: drove after, after, um, she had her second son, Correct.
2: Yes. That's right. But, okay. But that's she right. she saw me before that. I think she, she has a little bit of mom brain. It's okay. I love her. But <laughs> <laughs> and then like literally just sent her some posted some pictures today from that front. Oh episode.
1: Hershey, she's totally right. I do have mom brain. I still drove I, I yep, I, I crashed her family vacation. You, yes, can, you can fill yes. them in on that. Yep. Yes, I will. Oh. So, <laughs> so,
0: Hershey, that's in Pennsylvania, correct? That's
2: right. <laughs> yes, it is. So I
1: think we really,
2: really started more talking, um, more personally um when i got pregnant because we were sort of going in a little venture together with something and um i was completely nauseous all the time and Mm -hmm. i basically had to tell her like i can't deal with life right now jessica like you need to help me you need to cover like things and i just remember i was like i have a headache and i don't feel great and she just blatantly asked me like are you pregnant (laughs) And and this I had like just found out, I don't know, maybe it was like a month before that or something. And so I I don't I'm not gonna say you know, I didn't want to say no. (laughs) So I told her, Yeah, I'm pregnant and I think um, you know, sort of from there we got closer. Um, we just we just started talking more and more about different things. And yes, so it was it was summer I think what was it, summer of like two thousand eighteen? Or something? Yeah, I think that sounds yeah. right. Yeah. Um. And so uh, later on, I had told her that I was going to go um, to Hershey on vacation, and she was like, "Oh, I'm going to go there too." <laughs> oh. And I kind of <laughs> was <laughs> like, "Okay, you know." And, and so it was it was funny because I I just was like, "Um, so you're not going to like kidnap me or anything, right? Like this is like legit, you know." Your husband's coming. My <laughs> husband's coming. So this is all good, right? Like this isn't like you know, like back in the day when meeting people online was kind of like weird, you know. And I was because like, I had never done this before, really. Um, and so yeah, we we met in in Hershey. Um, we stayed at a lodge, like in it was an indoor water park. Mm-hmm. And um, I was pregnant with Levi at the time, um, mm-hmm. and she just had Charlie, and I had Noah. Uh, and yeah, it, it, was, it, it also became a tradition
0: after that to see each other once a year on a vacation. Uh, I right. love that. And meeting on a vacation is so fun because then like everybody's kind of out of, so like no one's having to play host, right? You're just Correct. out of your comfort zone. Yeah. So. yeah. Right. Well, yes. And then she did visit,
2: she was, she did visit after I had Levi, okay. which was, so, you know, I think I saw, we saw her in, in September for the first time we met her in September and then I had Levi in January. And she came in March, she was like, mm-hmm. "I'm gonna come help you." I think she came you came in March right like I did yeah, March. I
1: was pregnant with with my second, so you know yes I had you know, and, and to kind of make me seem a little less crazy, my husband's from New York, so I didn't drive from Rhode Island to Pennsylvania. I drove from New York to Pennsylvania, which <laughs> oh, makes yeah. it a That's... little bit less psycho.
0: Totally less psycho, like at least okay. 50% less psycho. I, mean, yeah. I, yeah.
2: Think, you know, I think it's so nice. I mean, come on, though. It's like-
0: <laughs> no, it is so nice. I mean, and how fun for you, too. Like, you know you, have a, you know, you obviously have a two-month-old, you have another toddler running around. I mean, having a friend come in like that, it must have been a breath of fresh air.
2: Yes, it was. It was. No one had done that um, for me before, and I think you know that's. It really, it really did help me, especially after my second, because I didn't have that type of support, I guess, after I had my first. Um and so yeah it it was great and I mean we nearly talk like we even say this to each other I think we talk to each other maybe more than we talk to our husbands I don't know if <laughs> Am, Emma that. and I have said that I love yeah, it so, so it's 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 you know that's why it's like she's my work
0: wife you know that's what she's saying mm-hmm. <laughs> so that that's I mean yeah <laughs> that's great well this is honestly a testament to the fact that this is honestly what it c- can sometimes mean to have relationships in the twenty first century we don't all necessarily live and the exact same places we can create, build, you know, community and friendships with, with other women and, and it can happen at distance. You know, it's, I think it's a good thing for people to be reminded of because so often we move, there are life changes or you meet someone and you know that you would never be living in the same place. And it's kind of quick to be dismissive of that. But I would argue the relationships we can form with people through, you know, technology can be as meaningful, you know?
2: Yes. And I was going to tell you, don't feel bad for not meeting even after two years of talking to each other. Cause I actually met someone through our Facebook group and we've been talking for four years and mm-hmm. we're very close friends too. And we have not met either yet. So,
0: <laughs> well, you know, it just, it can be, it can be challenging, but I have to say you've inspired me, especially with the vacation idea, because again, we're dealing with COVID, but ideally moving beyond that, I think there's something really nice about saying, Hey, like this is a vacay for you and your husband and me and mine and our kiddos. And like doing it together is really yes. fun. So yes. Yeah, cool. Awesome. So I'm going to just chat a bit here with Jessica about a few questions specifically related to DEMER. And first of all, Jessica, am I saying that correctly or do you say D-M-E-R?
1: So I call it DEMER. DEMER, okay. um, But but most, uh, not most, but I hear it referred to as D-M-E-R, but I just call it DEMER.
0: Gotcha. Okay, cool. Well, that's, that's obviously an important clarification if anybody has heard of it before or wanted to look it up. So the way that I saw it, you know, online was D and then a dash capital M-E-R like that. Mm-hmm. So awesome. So if would, would you mind just telling us a little bit about it? I explained what it is in the introduction, but, you know, was this something that you were immediately aware of, um, at the very like inception of your, of your breastfeeding journey, or was this something that you became aware of later on?
1: So it doesn't happen right away so your milk has to come in for this to happen right so when you're in the hospital everything's hunky-dory uh, you know you've got everybody examining you baby at breast colostrum wonderful you go home you struggle a little bit but ultimately you find your groove so my milk came in probably uh, six or seven days postpartum with my daughter um, and you know you know when it comes in and it's there and um, And I felt this feeling every time I nursed her, which at the time I I chalked up to to postpartum depression. I'm like, oh, I read about this. This must be postpartum depression. Baby blues, 10 days. I've got this. Um, But every time... So it's... Sometimes it's with the initial latch, but oftentimes it's with the milk letdown. Um, I, I felt like my sister died. That feeling that you get when the news, when somebody tells you, like, hey, your mom died, hey, your brother died, your sister died, so on. Something like that. It was almost as if I had received that news. Um, and that was the best I could explain it. But I didn't investigate it further because I thought there was something wrong with me. Um,
0: and to clarify, this is happening. Every single time you nurse your newborn, which it's a newborn, so this is happening every, basically. With every
1: letdown. Yep, with every letdown, which could be every hour. It could be every 45 minutes. Sometimes it's every 30. Um, So I was like, you know what, I'll ride this out 10 days. We'll be fine. Um, And I went into breastfeeding thinking I knew everything about it to begin with, and I didn't know anything about it really. Um, But, you know, we were keep on keeping on. Um, So after 10 days or so, I started to Google why I felt that way and considered getting help for it. So when I went for my postpartum checkup, I I threw it at my OBGYN and she was like, okay, well, uh, why don't you just stop, give formula, you know, that'll be it. And I'm like, okay, but that doesn't help my problem. Like I'm feeling this sort of way and this is not normal. Like, do I have postpartum depression? Is it something she's like, well, you know, if you stop, stop breastfeeding, it'll stop happening. Yes that's true but that doesn't fix my problem Mm -hmm. Um, and you know in those early days you try so hard Um, so you know she pretty much you know I left the office with a few samples and you know I was on my way alone in this world with this infant that wouldn't stop screaming and I did not know what to do Um, so that that's what led me down the path because after a while I realized this only happens when I nurse Um, so I started, you know, the Google black hole. Why do I feel like someone died when I nurse? Why do I feel like a bad person when I nurse? And that's when I found out about Demer, Mm. um, and, uh, you know, started my, my learning journey on it. But for my daughter, it was so awful, uh, that I chose not to continue to breastfeed her. I, I did half and half, some, um, formula, some breast milk, but I just, the feelings never got better. For some women, it it gets better at six months. For some women, it gets better after the three-month mark. For some women, it's a year. I just, I could not continue with how awful it was. And it's a very short time. After your milk lets down, it goes away. After the initial maybe 30 seconds, it's done. But it's so intense that to bear it for that time, it was too much
0: and you know for that to be happening like we you know previously discussed so many times a day you know that's yes. not like it's just one time a day
1: yep yep and then when i learned I learned a little bit more about it so in order so prolactin is responsible for your for your milk right so prolactin has to rise dopamine has to drop it's the way it works so with demer you've get a very rapid drop in dopamine
0: It's just Mm. super
1: quick where they're supposed to kind of go together, you know, fall a little bit, fall a little bit and rise a little bit, rise a little bit. With Demer, it's a, it's a quick drop in in dopamine and a quick rise in prolactin. And that's Mm. why you feel awful.
0: I see. So having experienced this with your daughter, how did you make, I guess, like, were you like planning ahead then when you got pregnant with your second, as far as how you would handle it? Did you have... Did you have any like sort of a plan in mind? What was, what was your thought process going into then your second pregnancy and then subsequent um, breastfeeding journey?
1: Well, well, very much like Emerald, I was like, no, I'm going to do it this time. I'm going to do it and I don't care. I'm going to breastfeed my son because I, you know, I know a lot more now. You know, I, I didn't know I was putting my baby on a breastfeeding schedule, my daughter Charlie, um, wondering why that wasn't working. So I had gone in with my second knowing about Demer Knowing that it could happen, um, knowing a lot more about breastfeeding, but ultimately being okay with, if my DEMER is as severe with my son as it was with my daughter i'm not doing it mm-hmm. I, I feel good with the formula uh that i fed my daughter i feel good with the formula that i have chosen for my son if it is as severe i'm not going to do it uh fast forward to my son sure enough there she is Demer, knocking at my door except it presented as mostly nausea and shame like um If you ever have felt shame, like, you know, am I a good parent? Am I really doing the things I'm supposed to do? Mm. Oh, you know, look how awful my clothes are. Look, my hair is falling out. Um, You will have that feeling of shame as if you've, you've done something terribly wrong for those 30 seconds. So I felt like I could deal with that versus a family member dying. So,
0: but you still had to deal with this, but I still
1: did it. Yes, I still did it. So, um, you know, I kept, you know, we have, there's very small support groups for this. There is not a lot of studies done behind it. Um, it's only come to light recently in the past 10 years or so that I read, um, And, you know, I just kind of stood in groups and and mom said, you know, after the three months, it's much better. After I give solids, you know, the less you nurse, the better it is. And that's true. But, you know, I've got an 18 month old who some days nurses like a newborn. So, you know, uh, at what point will it end for me? I just I just don't know. But I'm not having as many letdowns even when he's Mm -hmm. nursing because he'll do it for, you know, 10 seconds. So he's not nursing enough for me to get a letdown so I can live with that.
0: Mm-hmm, I understand. Wow. Yes.
1: So and for me, it was knowledge, you know, knowledge is power. I knew much more about it going in. Like I'm going to feel this way. You're either going to do it or you're not. Mm-hmm. Um, and pumping made it so much more worse. So I tried to do that as little as possible.
0: Oh, interesting. Pumping yes. made it worse. Yeah. Um, Now, you know, were there any standout resources that were helpful for you? And, you know, if you have some very specific ones, we're just going to, I'm just going to take those from you apart um, from now. You know, I'll just have you uh, write them down for me and then we're going to add those into the show notes. But is there anything that kind of like stands out that was a a supportive resource?
1: Um, Your, your... Emeril was a supportive resource for me because you can't make it go away. You either deal with it or you don't. Mm. So the more that you know about it, the better. There is no making it go away. Um, so if you are talking to people who are going through it like you, who are, are just as committed to doing it, or, or even those that are not, that can just talk to you because anytime it would happen for me, I'd either have Emeril on the text or I'd have my husband with me. I'd try to zone out into Netflix. Um, and it just makes it a little bit more bearable. Um okay. Yeah. So there, there, you, you can't fix it. It's, uh, you know, it's not psychological. It's it's physiological.
0: Mm-hmm, I understand. So it's yeah. about setting up a support system exactly. to get you through those moments. And, and
1: knowing that if you, you don't want to, because it's not that I couldn't breastfeed either of my children. At that point, it's, do I want to feel this? You know, mm-hmm. your mental health can take a serious toll if you, if you go down that road, you know, far enough. So, you know, you just got to come to terms with it being what it is. So, you know, mm-hmm. with my son, just knowing all about Demer, made it much easier for me to go forward.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing this. And like I like I mentioned earlier, this was my first experience ever hearing about this. And I can imagine that for, especially for new moms to have that feeling, I mean, you immediately would think this is postpartum depression or this is postpartum That's anxiety. Right. And, you know, you're, you're not, you know, initially able to separate that feeling or, or I shouldn't say separate, but I guess link it, right? To exactly let down. That's right. As, That's as right. Because...
1: Because if you don't feel your letdowns, you don't know. And if you don't research what a letdown is, and, you know, the OBGYN was just like, oh, kind of stop that. Like, that's when I realized, like, we don't have any support. Like, okay, just stop doing that thing. Go on your way. And that's it. Mm
0: -hmm. With zero, yeah, zero conversation about your breastfeeding journey, your desires in that department, anything.
1: Yep. And also, I do want to add, in case anybody listens and does have this, for some odd reason, laying down. Um, makes it much better. So if you're nursing at night in bed, um, you don't feel the dopamine plunge as much. It's still there, but it's not as noticeable. But I know we can't always lay, lay down nurse. So,
0: But no, but that's a very, very yeah. helpful tip, I'm sure, for those who might be struggling with it. Well, thank you for sharing this and for, for bringing light to something that I think, you know, it sounds like women do struggle with. And Make, it makes me feel fearful that a lot of women experience what you experienced, as you described, that, that initial kind of period there, like you said, right around day 10. And I, I can't help but wonder how many experience that, don't really understand it, kind of get freaked out, don't have guidance from from you know, their, their OBGYN or whoever it is, a physician, pediatrician, and they just drop breastfeeding when really, if they had had the education or the resources or at least an understanding of it, they might have been able to, press forward i mean think about you still breastfeeding your 18 month old
1: yeah yeah and you know that and that's just what it is you know maybe they f- feel more empowered to go on and you know mm-hmm. if they didn't because you know giving up breastfeeding when you're not ready to or feeling like you can't do it brings on a whole nother mm-hmm. level of mm-hmm. guilt um the emerald and i see on a day-to-day basis so you have to deal with that on top of you know whatever demo feeling you get
0: absolutely well yep. yeah so Emerald, I'd love to discuss a little bit with you about your birth experience with your firstborn and how this impacted your own personal um experience with breastfeeding your first.
2: Yes. Um so I, as I mentioned, or actually I think you mentioned earlier, I had a C-section. Um basically my water broke. Um and, and it's and my husband always likes to tell me the story. Um, because um, I had, ca- it was the one, it was during the summer and he, he was a, um, adjunct professor and it was the one day that he had to go in to campus for a meeting. Cause he was off that summer. Okay. Literally the one day that summer <laughs> that he had to go into a meeting. Um, I call him up and I say, Matt, my water broke. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. And so he, you know, he, he speeds on home and, um, you know, I'm sitting at the table, and he's like okay where's where's the bag are we going are we going and i'm just sitting there, i'm like calm down i don't have contractions everything's fine and <laughs> um yeah so we i had a ob gyn for my first um it was sort of like a one of those offices that um they have a few branches in the state and at the time i was actually living in maryland so i wasn't living in pennsylvania um maryland is where i was born um So my my water had broke um, and I had known, okay, let's, you know, I I called the office and they said, come, come to the hospital. So I said, okay. So we left for the hospital. Um, As soon as I got there, uh, they wanted to put me on Pitocin. So they wanted to induce me right away. Um, And I kind of was like, well, like, do I have to, you know, like, can we wait? And, and the the response to me was sort of like, no. (laughs) So I said, okay. Um, so I go, I get the contractions. Um, and I don't know, I mean, I don't know if you, you, you'd been induced personally or, um, but usually they say that Pitocin contractions are pretty, and you know, they're, they're different than natural label contractions. Um, I was doing really well, I think up until about eight centimeters or so, um, when I was like, okay, I can't handle this. This is just too intense for me. Um, on top of that, I had my, it was my, my mother-in-law and also my mom in the room, or maybe it was just my mom. It, I, I know different points. I, I know I had both of them in the room. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was kind of feeling overwhelmed. Like, it's like almost like you can't feel like yourself, you know, in a way. Um, and so uh, I was ready to push. I think it was, I, I was about eight hours later or something. Um, I was ready to push and I just couldn't, I didn't know what I was doing. Oh, sorry. I, <laughs> I should add around 8 centimeters because I mentioned that it was getting intense. I, I asked for an epidural. Okay.
0: okay yes. So you got that yes. around 8 centimeters.
2: I did. I got it around 8 centimeters. Um, and so I asked for the epidural because I just, you know, was like, I can't do this. I don't, I don't know what I'm doing. You know, I usually am the type of person that also reads a lot before... I do something. Um, But there was something about the pregnancy where I sort
0: of was afraid to do too much reading in case it made me too anxious. Do you Mm. know what I mean? I can understand that. Yeah, sometimes Um, the knowledge is power. Sometimes the knowledge just adds to your anxiety.
2: Yeah. So I've always struggled with both of those where it's like, I'm like, okay, do I want to know? Because if I know, maybe I'll just be anxious the whole time. And so I was like, maybe I should just sort of be really relaxed about this. You know, babies are born every day. This is gonna be fine. Everything's fine. So I didn't really like delve that much into reading or any like birth things my my office had offered like a really simple like mainstream birth class i mean it was just really basic there wasn't anything much about like just our body and how our body works and what's supposed to happen what's not supposed to happen it was just very technical you know what i mean like just very Mm -hmm. i don't know Mm -hmm. medical or whatever um so i was trying to push the baby out and i couldn't feel anything um, so I think, I don't know if it was just the epidural was just really affecting everything or it was like too high. And I'd ask them, can you lower it? Because I, I, I literally have no idea what I'm doing. And so they said, you know, people, I always remember people saying like, push, like you're, you know, you're going to the bathroom. And I always tell my husband, like, I hear people say that, but like, I don't really do, I don't know if this is perfect. Talk about! I'm sure you guys talk about everything.
0: Oh no, we we always joke. Our our number one hashtag is nipple pain. So please, feel free. Okay.
2: Okay. I mean, like, I don't really take. I don't have really intense bathroom experiences. (laughs) So I was like, I don't know what it means to just like push. Like, what does it mean to push? Um, And later on, actually, like after I had Noah, I had had learned, you know, that there there's there is an instinct, you know, that that you do want to get the baby out. And I just didn't have that. Mm -hmm. Um, And he Mm -hmm. just wasn't coming out. And it was I think it was like two hours of pushing. Um, And so the mind you, the 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 OB that was on call was barely ever in the room. It was just a nurse that was kind of standing there and then a midwife like, a hospital midwife that kept kept running in and out of rooms to help moms, okay? Mm. And so she was trying to explain to me what to do, and I literally just, like, like nothing was happening, okay? Nothing was happening. Um, so the OB comes in and is like, do you want to have a C-section? And I'm kind of just like, no. <laughs> you know, do I really want to have a C-section? No, but, I mean, this baby's not coming out. And then he starts talking about, like, big babies, okay? Because I was actually um, – My stomach was, like, really big. Jessica can attest to this, too. Um, Absolutely. I I carry my babies, like, really out front, and they can look like they're probably 10-pound babies, but they're just really not. But they just, like, look like that. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So, you know, they had been tossing around the idea that maybe he was just very large and he couldn't come out. Anyway, I think about half an hour later, um, I didn't know what I was doing, and I just gave up. Um, I, in my heart I knew it I, I just knew this wasn't I just wasn't getting the support that I needed you know I, I didn't have people telling me to move around I just didn't know what I was doing um, it was very overwhelming so uh, I was basically taken to the operating room and I had my c-section um, and with c-sections usually you can't really hold your baby or at least I didn't I know there are there's some things called like family c-sections or gentle c-sections where it's very like baby and mom oriented um but this wasn't like this obviously because also wasn't really planned um and when i had basically kind of realize what had happened because, you know, you're kind of in shock when you have like a major procedure like that. I had never really had a surgery in my life. I think I had oral surgery in like sixth grade or something, <laughs> but I was not accustomed to, you know, hospital or hospital procedures or any of that. Um, and so I couldn't, you know, I couldn't really hold him on my chest and do that skin to skin for like the first 30 minutes after birth or any of that. And I think, um, you know, I don't know if you've read any of the studies, but there's a lot of studies coming out showing that the first hour or two of just after birth, putting putting the baby with skin to skin on you increase you know increases your chances of of just successfully breastfeeding. Um, you know, obviously it's not you know doesn't work for everyone. I'm not saying that's that's what gets people to breastfeed, but I'm saying it it, it does help from what research has shown. Um, and so I yeah I I was also in a ton of pain a ton of pain, and I feel guilty saying it, but I I did not want a baby on top of me. I just really mm. did not want a baby on top of me because it was like you know, you think about the huge incision you get down there, it's a, it's a major abdominal surgery and it's to put a baby on top of you. I just was not comfortable with it. All I could think about were his feet just like kicking into my incision and it like opening up and my intestines coming out. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So I would like visualize these things of happening of like, and I would just be scared and nervous and I just was not comfortable with it. Um, so I tried, to latch him, um, and I got, like, a really bad latch because I was basically... Bleeding within 24 hours, my nipples were a mess. Um, they were getting scabs, and they were just bleeding. Um, and I was just completely overwhelmed. Again, pain, um, not being able—it's—it's it's, you know you can't just like get out of bed like a normal person. It's like you need everyone to help you. And I, I know after some vaginal births, it's you know I, I mean I had Levi, and that was a vaginal birth, but it's a completely different experience, or at least it was for me, to have the baby vaginally versus a C-section in terms of caring for yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I, I didn't know what to do. And when you have a C-section, you're actually in the hospital for a few more days than you are with a, than with a vaginal birth. Um, so I was there, I think for about three days and um, basically the hospital came in and was like, you know, do you want to, do you want to get formula? Like, cause I, I, just couldn't keep breastfeeding him cause it was just so painful. Um, and I, I didn't, I also didn't know what I was doing. Because again, it wasn't like I had read a lot about breastfeeding. Um, I didn't know about like the sandwich. I don't know if you know that term, <laughs> the sandwich, where you kind of like smush your nipples together and try and get everything into their mouth. I <laughs> didn't. I didn't know, uh-huh. I didn't know en- about any of that. Um, I kind of was just trying to get them on there and assumed it would all like work out, um, but it was always very painful. So they had, uh, I had, there was a nurse who was really nice, and she, I say she was really nice, even though she was bringing us a lot of formula, but um, she was just always coming in and asking me how I was doing, you know, it wasn't just about, like, you know, the baby's there, but it was, like, I sort of mentally needed somebody to just ask me and talk to me, and, and, you know, because I was just kind of traumatized, I guess, Mm -hmm. um, from the whole experience, because that's not... it. you know, I was just scared. I didn't know, like, am I going to heal okay? Is everything going to be okay with me? Um, you know, I have a giant, like, hole, like, you know, that's stitched up right now, (laughs) you know, and I was, I was just really scared. Um, I actually ended up pumping in the hospital because one of the lactation consultants came in and was like, You know, if you really want to give breast milk and you're having a hard time with latching him and it's really painful, I can get you a hospital pump. And I was like, okay, that sounds good. Um, And I I started getting, I, I got my milk in within two days. It was pretty fast. And they were actually very, they were very surprised. And so they, you know, they said you could keep pumping and you can keep giving him breast milk if you want that way. And I, I sort of felt good with that. I was like, okay, I'll do that. I'm gonna pump and I'm going to, that way I can give him breast milk because this whole latching thing is not working out and I'm in a lot of pain right now. Um, so we got, we went home. Uh, my husband didn't have any leave. So because he was an adjunct, he didn't have vacation or paid, you know, a uh, father leave or anything like that. So he had to go back right, re- you know, to work. Um, and I, since I had Noah in August, at the end of August, the school starts in September. So he, he went back to work soon after we basically came home. Isn't um, that awful? Like Can you it, imagine beyond, that?
0: beyond. Yes.
2: Yes. And so, um, and you're
0: healing from major surgery.
2: Right. So add on that. And I don't know if, uh, if you ever pumped, but pumping is a lot of work. Okay. It's tremendous
0: effort. Yes. It's a
2: lot of work. um, and I couldn't, I couldn't even put my underwear on by myself. Okay. So to, to sit and care for a newborn baby, um, and pump was very overwhelming for me. And, um, there was a lot of, there were a lot of things going on. I didn't really have that much support. Um, I mainly just, I had my husband, um, we had his family to an extent. Um, but it was like, I couldn't, I was like, I just didn't feel like I could talk to a lot of people about it. Um, and people were sort of on top of me, like, you need to get up and start walking around. You need to do this and that. And I just felt so overwhelmed. Um, I think right around when Noah was about a month old, he started having that infamous, like, gas, you know, that you always just start seeing babies, like, have at some point where they just start crying. You know, they are not they don't just sleep all day anymore. They're just crying all the time. Well, at least he, he was doing this. <laughs> he was crying. Um, he was always kicking his legs up. Um, and I just, I, it was so much work cleaning all the bottles, cleaning all the pump parts. And then also I used to sit and, and play Disney music for literally three hours in the evening to try and get him to be quiet because he just, he would, he, you know, he wouldn't, I couldn't put him down. And it's like, I, I was like, I need to pump. I need to pump to give you food, but I can't put you down. And then I can't, I can't turn the music off because you're just going to cry. And then I can't just sit down because if I'm not bouncing you, then you're going to cry, <laughs> you know? And it was, it was very overwhelming. Um, and that's what basically I think started, you know, getting to my head where I was like, I can't do this. I really just can't do this. Um, and to top that off, he started having green poop. Um, and so I had brought it up with the doctor, and I said, his his poops are a little bit like green and mucousy. You know, like what does that mean? Um, and so she she gave me something. She's like, that means he's not getting enough nutrients. <laughs> and I was just like, well, what is that supposed to mean, like? like breast milk like he's what he's getting are you telling me there's not enough nutrients in my breast milk and I just remember like thinking I was just completely devastated she sent me home with like formula samples um and I and she said you know you need to start supplementing him because he needs to get more nutrients and I was like okay so I started supplementing um I don't remember I think it was Enfamil when we first started it was Enfamil um and I started supplementing him and that's what basically started the formula journey. Um, mm-hmm. After that, um, yeah. <laughs> so it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, I, I was not happy about it. Um, it. It led to a lot of, I think, um, postpartum depression, and some post-traumatic stress too that I had to deal with for a while um, because I just really wanted to breastfeed because I, I knew I, I just. It was mostly that I I felt like I gave up
0: because I just didn't know what I was doing and because I was just in so much pain. Mm -hmm. Um, And you didn't have support. You know, your husband's doing as much as he can with maintaining a full-time job and, you know, it's sounds yeah. like you felt very long.
1: And some OBs are way less than helpful. Like, mm-hmm. oh, but it, it means, you know, green mucusy poops. Oh, not getting enough mooky well, That was his Here, pediatrician. That was actually his pediatrician. That's even less helpful. We've learned yeah. this. Also, sometimes they can be more harmful than helpful. You know, they just, they just, they hear it all day. Mm-hmm. And they just have a generic answer for everybody. And that is not fair. Mm-hmm. It's I think not fair. It's, I,
2: I think it's overwhelming because I think, I think in today's day, a lot of moms, and we see this, um, we we always feel like we want to fix things, mm-hmm. and so we we tell people like, hey, my baby's doing this and that, and you know, I think often doctors might feel like they need to give you an answer or something, or you know, to help you to so that maybe it'll go away if I get you know if I give them this answer. Um, I, I I don't know what it is, but it, there's definitely different types of of pediatricians out there, and and we switched um, after that because I kind of was like, I don't I don't understand. <laughs> You know, like, I just don't, I don't like how this, this is going. So I'd rather somebody that could be more along the lines of what I want and what I'm thinking for my children. Um, so yeah, we, we, swi- we did switch after that. Um,
0: yeah, and I yeah, think just, you know, having um, a pediatrician and having, you know, an OB is one thing, but I think it's also, you know, you have to be your own advocate, right? Yes. So you have to kind of fight for what what is you feel like is best for you, even if it's just simply a gut feeling. But then I think the counter to that is how can you be your own advocate when you have a huge incision, you're in a lot of pain, you don't have support because of the laws that exist in our country or the lack thereof, I should say, supporting um, parental leave for the for the spouse or the partner or the, the other support person. You know, we don't have things in place. We don't necessarily have that it takes a village community in place for every single woman. Um, And so I think that, you know, it's almost like you're fish out of water and you're being told, oh, you're having a hard time. Like, we'll just jump into this little bucket over here. And I, I, I think that, it's, you know it's one thing right to tell a mother with a 12 month old something where she's had a little more sleep she's probably at least a little bit more in the groove but telling a brand new mother who's just yes. had major surgery I mean h- how can you be expected to even advocate for yourself which is what you need to do but how can you be expected to do it you know
2: yes yes and and I think the, the next it's it's knowledge too and that's that's what basically took me to my
1: my next my second son was just the knowledge that I had after that so. yes. yeah I think if you went to any doctor and said you know I'm gonna have have a VBAC and that, that doctor would have been like, no, I don't specialize in those. You would have been like, okay, but I'm having one because I know how to do all of the things. Mm-hmm.
2: Because well, that's I what I did.
1: That's yep. What I, did. I knew
2: it. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> that's what I did.
1: So that's, so
0: that, that is what you did then, Amarels. you knew you wanted a VBAC. So you found a provider that was willing to support you in that journey.
2: Yes, exactly. So I had asked, I had actually asked my provider back then the, my first provider, I had said, do you do VBACs? And he had said, no. So I said, okay, bye. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm, Absolutely. Um,
2: And so, you know, I had joined a support group, the International Cesarean Awareness Network. Um, They have chapters in different cities, um, and they had a chapter near me, and they also have online Facebook groups, too. And I joined that chapter, and I learned um, about basically whether I could have a a VBAC or not, um, you know, what, what providers in the, in the area would, would be able to do that for me. Um, and that's what basically led me to my midwives. Um, and I really, really love them. Um, the midwives were really great and they were, they were just supportive of everything that I, that I wanted to do or that I didn't want to do. Um, and this was when I was pregnant with Levi with my second. Um, I also had a doula too, and I didn't have that the first time around and I, and I thought she was, completely helpful because I was able to um, send her messages all the time and ask her questions um, and just uh, get get the support I needed from her. And she, she actually was the leader of my, um, I group, my international cesarean awareness support group. So I felt really comfortable with her because I had actually opened up to that group about what happened to me and my experience. And she was the first person that I kind of told and felt mm. vulnerable with. So she, I felt like she would, you know, the second I got pregnant, I was like, I want her to be my dua. And so I had messaged her and I was like, I need you to be my dua. <laughs> um, and, yeah, the, the second pregnancy was completely different. I had, um, I, I, I talked to the doula a lot and she had me read um, the Bradley childbirth. I think the Bradley, the natural way, the Bradley way. I think mm-hmm. it's, it's a book. They actually have classes too, um, but I didn't take the classes because they were, they were far away from where I was living. So I ended up getting the book um, and I read that book. And I mean, it was, it was completely eye-opening for me, a lot of things that I had read. Um, and I, it, I really appreciated birth in general after reading that book. Um, I also joined a ton of breastfeeding support groups online on Facebook. Um, I joined, what is it, like, La Lache League? I can't pronounce it. La Leche, uh, yeah. La Leche, yeah. Yes, yes, the French. I was like, I'm not French again.
0: <laughs> oh, no, uh, yeah, that's actually... Um it's actually a, a Spanish word, but they oh, um, Spanish, but they sorry. have but they still yes. call it La leche League in in um, in France too because they have branches all over the world. So
2: okay, yeah. So so I had joined that, and I mean, when I was pregnant, and I had read a lot of the posts that mom, you know, the different struggles that moms had had with breastfeeding, and it it kind of like desensitized me in a way to like what what was considered normal like you know what i mean like what was what was to be expected while breastfeeding like cluster feeding all of those things um you know diapers how everything um you know how nights go and everything like that um and, and I joined those and I read a lot and I think I exposed myself to so much that I just felt really empowered. Um, mm-hmm. and I was just like, okay, I know I can do this. Even if I get a C-section again, at least I know I was making the choices that I wanted to make and that I could advocate for myself what I wanted. Um, Absolutely. and so it <sighs> turns out, <laughs> um, I started having contractions. I think it was a Saturday night. Um, and remember, I had never had—I had never really felt natural labor contractions because with my first, it was my water broke, and then I had pitocin, and pitocin's kind of like different to be induced. It's just different. Um, and I started—I started having contractions um, Saturday night into Sunday morning, and I started timing them. Um, you know, because I I, I I forget what it is. Like five minute, every five minutes, if you have a contraction, then go to the hospital or call your provider. Mm-hmm. I think if they
0: say it's like five one one, right? So it's like yes. every five minutes, lasting for a minute, lasting more than an hour.
2: Yes, I knew it then. I don't know <laughs> <laughs> now. Um, so I was timing it, and so um, they they were you, they were very consistent, every twenty minutes throughout the entire night. They got more painful as the morning came. Um, And I just remember waking up and telling my husband, like, I'm going to take a shower because these are just getting a little bit too painful. And I just don't know if it's means I have to go to the hospital or if I just need to get up and move around. Um, So I was taking a shower and I just I had this moment. I don't even know how to explain it. Where in my head, there's there's something just completely clicked. And I said, the baby is going to be coming like now. (laughs) And um, I got out of the shower. I got dressed. And I went into the living room and I told my husband I said we have to go to the hospital or no I told him I said let's we have to call we have to call the midwives so I, we call the midwives he, you know I get them on the phone and I can barely talk to them on the phone okay I cannot talk and I even remember them telling me if you can't talk to us on the phone it means you have to come to the hospital <laughs> <laughs> so I, I just clearly remember that and I was like okay I, I just really have to come I have to come to the hospital um, so we got off the phone and, a few, and my, my husband was letting, was letting the dog out. And I started screaming like on the couch in pain, like literal, like primal screaming. I'm not kidding. I still remember. And like my toddler is awake and he's just staring at me. And I was like, I don't know what to do. I have to. I have to yell because it's painful. I don't know what to do. Um, and so I start telling my husband, "You have. We have to go. We have to go now." And he says, wait, the dog's outside. She's going to the bathroom. Can you wait? And I'm like, no, we have to go. We have to go now. And I just remember just yelling at him. And I see, and he's like, okay, let me let me change Noah. <laughs> and I was just so frustrated. All
1: of the important things.
2: And I was just thinking in my head. Do <laughs> the dog's not, and the
1: toddler. <laughs> do yeah. you not
2: understand that I have to go to the hospital right now? And so he, and, and it's, it's snowing. I remember it was snowing outside. And I, and then like the last thing I told him before he brought the car around was Matt, I don't think we're gonna make it to the hospital I am supposed to deliver at because this hospital is 45 minutes away.
0: <gasps> oh yes. my gosh.
2: Yes, because I just I just got him, chills. <laughs> yes, because I told him, I said, because th- basically we had moved in between a lot of this. So we had mm. moved from a part of Maryland to like Southern Pennsylvania. So the hospital, you know, with the midwives that were going to support my VBAC was about 40 minutes out. So I was like, you know, I wasn't, I didn't want to change providers mid-pregnancy. I was like really into this. I really wanted a VBAC. They were really supportive. I wasn't going to go and look for somebody else just because the hospital is 40, 40 minutes away. I mean, like, come on, right? Um, so he's like, okay, well, do you want to go to the local hospital? And, you know, the local hospital is five minutes down the road good, right? (laughs) So I say, yes, please take me to the local hospital. Um, We get to the local hospital, and um, he's like, he's like driving into the ER. And I'm like, I don't want to go through the ER, Matt. There's germs. Like, we cannot go through the ER, okay? (laughs) There's a lot of germs there, Matt. Can we just go through, like, the main entrance or something? I mean, there's, there's medical professionals in this building, so it doesn't matter where I go, right? Like, as long as I get into the building. Um, So yeah, he takes me in. He, I think he, he drops me off, Um, and then he drops me off with like the front desk and then he goes, he, he, they tell him like to take me to like the, the birthing center or whatever. And is your son here as well? Yes, he's with us. He is with us. Okay, this Um, is like a very
0: exciting side note. Okay.
2: Yes, and he wasn't supposed to be. (laughs) So the whole plan was actually to have my in-laws come. So like when we felt like it, like they were supposed to actually come and stay with us for two weeks um, during like the last two weeks of my pregnancy. But I had those contractions when Levi was when I was 37 weeks pregnant. So it was a little bit earlier than we had planned in terms of having the in-laws like in our house, because they were going to be at our house and then, if we were to go to the hospital, we would just leave and then they would stay home with my oldest, Noah. So we didn't have to take Noah to the hospital. You know what I mean? Like that was the original plan. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. And that did not, <laughs> that didn't go according to plan. Um, so basically they start explaining to us how to get to the birthing area and I yell and I'm like, you need to have a nurse come take me because I cannot comprehend anything you are saying. <laughs> um, so they, they call a nurse. She comes, she wheels me down and my husband um, goes and parks the car. Um... And so she wheels me, and I'm sitting there screaming down the hall, completely embarrassed because I'm screaming in pain. Um, And they, they take me up. Um, to that floor. And um, the ladies start, you know, they start asking me questions, because obviously, I'm not registered at this hospital for anything. So they want my license, they want all this info. And I, I kid you not, I take out my wallet, and I shove it in their face. And I'm like, take everything I need to get to, a, I need to give birth to a baby right now. Um So yeah, they they basically the, the nurse actually says to them, we have no time. So obviously, she gets the idea that there's a baby that's about to come out (laughs) and so she she takes me to to one of the rooms and they have me get on the bed and within 10 minutes i give birth
0: Oh, my gosh. I mean, yes. I, I literally felt like I could breathe again. <laughs> yes. It's within,
2: yes. And so th- it was funny because they were just at, like, I remember get, laying on the bed. Like, I remember being scared to get out of the wheelchair because I felt like the baby was going to fall out of me. Like, I had that <gasps> feeling. I don't even know. It's so weird to just explain it. But I had, like, that weird feeling. I was like, I'm scared to get up. Like, what if the baby just falls out? <laughs> Is someone going to catch the baby if that happens? Wow. Um, Yes. And so I I, I remember just laying down and one of the nurses, they're all like, you know, they're putting their their gown on, they're putting gloves on. And she starts asking me all the questions like, you know, are you you positive for this? Are you this? And I'm just like, no, I'm not. I don't have any disease. Don't worry. Everything's fine. And just deliver so my bad. baby. <laughs> yes, I felt so bad because I knew, you know, they're probably thinking like, we have no history on this woman, and she needs to give birth, and there's going to be like blood everywhere. Oh, of
0: course, yeah. I always, I, <laughs> yeah, because you have to think about like how would a, a physician or a nurse be, yes, be doing yes. this, yeah, without and a I chart. And I was just
2: like, I promise, everything's fine. Everything's fine. Um, wow. And 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 uh, my water hadn't broke until I I pushed for the first time. Um, my first push, my water broke. At least that's what they told me. <laughs> they 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 told me everything like word for word. Because I think they were all in shock, too. Um, And so that I and I can tell you what the the feeling to want to push was like just very intense. It was Mm -hmm. very intense. I'm like it was it was like I just knew what I was doing. Um, and then I remember even reading in the book, like when the head is starting to, I think it's like when the head stretches and tries to come out, it'll feel like everything's on fire down there. Mm -hmm. And I just remember, yep, the ring of fire. And I remember feeling that. And I was like, oh my God, his head's trying to come out. His head's trying to
0: come
1: out. This Um, is like awful to relive for everybody.
0: I'm so sorry. (laughs) I'm very sorry. (laughs) Well, actually, you know, I have to say, like, I am like a birth story junkie. So I'm sitting over here, like my jaw is dropped, like, yes. I am loving every
1: second of this. It, I can totally it, feel this whole story. Yes. And, yes, and it was it was so, it was, so it vivid. Was
2: three pushes. Because, like, like, they all recounted this to me, too. And they told me afterwards. Mm-hmm, they were like, mm-hmm. the first push, they said your water broke. The second push, you were getting his head out. And then your third push, he came out. And remember now, I'm in this room alone, right? Did I tell you my husband was parking the car? <laughs> oh, right. Right.
0: Yes. Yep. yes. You yes. basically had a COVID birth minus the COVID. <laughs> Yes, Cara. so I was
2: with the nurses, the, the baby comes out, they put him on top of me. Did um, you know it was going to be a boy? Yes, I did, okay. I knew it was a boy. Um, and my husband literally comes and, you know, to up like two minutes after he's on With top of your me. son? Yes, with my son. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so he, I remember I had, at, like, he had just come in, and I remember the first thing he said, he was like, I am so happy that you got the birth that you wanted.
0: Oh, that's <laughs> yes. so, that's sweet. truly. Isn't that sweet? Uh, it does. It warms your heart because it just shows, you know, what an in-tune, you know, support person you had the whole journey, you know, that you yeah, so really I made knew.
2: Him, I made him read the book, and he knew how important it mm-hmm. was to me. Um, and he, and he had told me after he was like, I was so nervous about taking you to the hospital. Cause mm-hmm. he was like, I had, well, first he had no idea I was about to give birth. Like, mm-hmm. he didn't know the primal screaming was literally 10 centimeters dilated. Like, he didn't know that's what that was. <laughs> um, so he, he thought, like, I don't know this hospital I'm taking her to. They might do another C-section. And he was just really nervous for me. Mm-hmm. But, mm-hmm. yeah, he just, he just came in, and and, he, and Levi was out, and
0: that was that. <laughs> and then was your breastfeeding experience with Levi a lot more positive?
2: Um, it was more supportive. It okay. was more supportive. Okay. Um, he had jaundice, so he we had to be in the hospital for a few days, and we had to have him under the lights. So you can think for a breastfeeding mom who wants to have the baby on top of her all the time, how having to struggle between putting a baby that's extremely jaundiced under lights all the time and then trying to breastfeed mm. them at the same time is a challenge. Yes. Um, but I... I literally sat on the bed and watched YouTube videos over and over and over about, like, how to latch, like, what a good latch is, positioning, Mm -hmm. everything. Um, And then the midwives that were actually in that hospital, um, they were really, really great. Um, There was one midwife that came in, and she, she just sat down next to me and talked to me like a human being. Like, she just talked to me, like... You know, she said, you're doing really well. And she said, let me show you that he's getting milk. And, and she, she put him and she latched him. And she said, do you see, you know, she was pointing everything out to me. And she was like, you know, you, she, you can see that he's swallowing mm-hmm. and that you're doing really great. Um, the hospital was a very um, breast feeding friendly hospital too. Um, so that was a that was good, and and they were a small hospital. Whereas the first hospital was like a really big hospital, and this hospital was just very small. Mm. So I think that really helped um, in terms of just sort of feeling like you were actually a part of a family in a hospital versus like you were in a hospital hospital. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Um, my doula missed my birth. <laughs> So so she wasn't there for my birth, which is funny. Um, but she part of like, you know, your agreement in the contract is that if, if she, this was her first miss birth too. So so first time experiencing that. But she was there um, postpartum. So she basically gave me the time postpartum, which was really awesome. Um, and I really appreciate it, too. Um, but yeah, uh, with 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 Levi, it was the whole nipple thing was a mess. The same thing. Um, I, I like I think I was topless in the hospital like all, almost all the time um, and Jessica actually got me a really soft robe that I wore mm-hmm. um, in in the hospital a lot and it kind of was very comforting on my nipples like you know they didn't hurt as much um, and so I, I, I remember telling myself I'm going to do this and I said you know I'm going to get the latch right and once the latch is right it's not going to be painful and these are just going to heal up and everything's going to be fine um, and I had also set up um, to have an IB, um, an, what is it, IBCLC? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be on call um, basically after the birth. That if I needed help, she would come um, to the house. I was already in touch with her um, prior to the birth. So I basically set up like this entire support system for myself to mm-hmm. make sure that, like, I knew what I was doing and if I didn't know what I was doing, I knew who to call.
1: <laughs> and I think there's a mm-hmm. huge misconception with like all of this is easy, like know, it's, it's not. not it's not that easy.
0: No, and I, I love how just in listening to this and I'm hoping that our listeners can have this as a takeaway is that it's, you know, it's about, we talked about being an advocate, educating yourself, but, you know, also really setting up these support systems, right? Whether it's reflecting back on the fact that your husband had to go to work and that just simply, even though he needed to for work, it just didn't work for you. So what could you put in place to make this next time different, right? My husband too, he had to go back six days um, postpartum and I have already told him, you know, you know, we have another kiddo like that has to be, I mean, he went back with a very heavy heart. I mean, it's not like either of our husbands were skipping back to work but you know so I feel like it's about discussing those kinds of needs Um, you know what a great point you made about having doula care whether it's during or after somebody who can come by after and then also you know being able to connect with a lactation consultant who is the international board certified the IBCLC I think that you know for for women to think about this it's so important I can't help but think of how many people focus on the shower and the birth and they think mm-hmm. nothing about the after. And it's like, what if we put on our registries a $200 gift card for a lactation consultant to come to my house or a $200 yes. gift card for me to have dinner five nights in a row? Like, I mean, those okay. kinds of things, right? It's like, those are where we really need the support. We don't need another onesie
1: exactly that's right I mean that's what Jessica and I talk about all the time Mm -hmm. like some of the moms that we that we mentor in our group are so blindsided by everything baby and birth like Mm -hmm. it's just like we are not ready and like that the onus doesn't fall solely on us Mm -hmm. you know you got to make your village kind of like Emerald did with her her second son you know she built her her network right Mm -hmm. she made her network of moms like these are the people who are going to help me like that's what you need to do
0: Absolutely. So, you know, speaking about obviously like, you know, we think about um, creating our communities and and educating ourselves, et cetera. Would you mind Jessica just telling us a little bit about, you know, you obviously formed your Facebook group with European formula and then Amarel became an admin. What led you to European formula? So we, like I said, Emma and I did not use formula. So we don't know the first thing about any of the formula differences.
1: So with my daughter, um, I had to supplement, so I, you know, went to the store. I'm like, oh, my God, what do I get? I don't know. I'll grab this. Um, and, you know, she, she experienced a lot of newborn symptoms, you know, crying and gas and this, that and the next. But she was really very uncomfortable. Her poops were super hard, and they're not like that on breast milk. Um, so my husband's co-worker said, feed your baby this. She gave me a sample of hole, which I ended up feeding my daughter, which I actually think is pronounced Holly, um, but I've always called it hole, right? So she's like, give your daughter this, and, my, and Charlie was a brand new child. So I have this hole, this box, all written in German, don't know what to do, it's one scoop per one ounce, where do I get it from, how do I do it, well, let, me, let me go on Facebook and see, nothing exists, so I create a group. Wow. We had a couple, and Emma was like one of the founding members. Emma, what were you like, member number seven? I don't I know. I mean, that. you were like, you were like, you were very early in there. So you know, and, and I no, this is have, insane.
0: Let's pause for a minute. This
1: group is twenty
0: thousand sure. strong. Okay, Almost just 21.
1: to kind of yeah, twenty one. Okay, just to kind of add
0: that in, like we're not talking about like ten people that are pow wowing nope. about you know,
1: no, yeah, no. and and the wow. other brand of formula was hip, but I personally did not know a lot about that. So you know we you know we had started out four of us and two of us had gone two of them had gone their separate ways, and it's just Amarel and I, and it's just years we have been learning and and, and reading about this stuff and and giving. Um, you know people come here like you know hey i don't know how to read this box but mm-hmm. the, wh- the whole idea is that they have different farming um their formulas don't don't start with um you know sugar they don't start with high fructose corn syrup it's not starting with corn oil uh the list of ingredients which emerald can speak better to this but you know the first ingredient which now they're doing it in things like similac but is lactose like that is the first ingredient in in most of these formulas um skim milk whole milk these they they are better quality formulas the farming um the biodynamic farming which is what i personally loved about the whole a that they they do that like we don't have any of that here their quality control is meticulous Mm
0: -hmm. meticulous
1: um so that's kind of what we find people come to the group not wanting to use U.S. formulas for kind of the same reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that's how the group was formed. And, um, you know, it kind of just turned into HIP, whole day You know, we talk about goat milk and, and mm, goat milk formula. Goat milk. Yeah. Yep, goat milk formula and adding your own prebiotics, adding your own probiotics, adding your own DHA. You know, I chose whole day because the, the whole day formula is completely... Um, completely simple there is no prebiotics there's no probiotics um and you know that's what i was looking for just because i didn't want to overwhelm myself with everything that hip was at the time Mm -hmm. Um, so that's that's why i chose holy for my daughter um i think emerald emerald you gave noah dutch right you started with dutch and then just ultimately ended up making your own um but that is how we made the group and we we've learned a lot over the last what four years emerald you know Moms don't know that their babies are going to cry when they fart or that they have to you yeah. know, poop on their own. And they don't know how to do that. They don't know how to poop on their own. And, you know, I changed my I, I got my baby off breast milk because my baby was having watery poops. Like that is a huge uh, ball drop for the pediatricians or the OBGYNs. Like that is what the poop is supposed to look like. It mm-hmm. is watery. <laughs> you know, it is that kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. So we've seen it all, I think, huh, yeah. Yes.
0: <laughs> and so, I mean, obviously, we're going to be linking into um, to our show notes and your specific Facebook group page, so that you know, women that are interested in it, you know, can can connect and and join and join your group, which is which is really incredible. And I know that you know, you ladies don't just moderate this. Um, you know, Jessica, you and I were were speaking um, the other night about this, and you were explaining that that both you and Amaral have also taken on a mentoring and support role one-on-one with Facebook Messenger. I was wondering if you, you guys could just tell us a little bit more about what, what, what that is, what what that's like. You've touched on it a little bit, but but more specifically.
1: Yeah, Amaral, you can... Uh you, you you have mentored far more moms than I have after I had my my second I was thrown for a loop so I you know <laughs> was getting one one or two mentors a week but I, I just cannot keep up with it and she's she's much 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 better at time management than I am um, uh, what are you talking she, about <laughs> she's she's done a great deal of mentoring and, and I, I've had a few moms who at the end of the day some of them just absolutely need to talk and emerald is really great since experiencing herself at picking out you know this this mom is suffering a little bit of postpartum anxiety she can see that through a facebook mm-hmm. message and mm-hmm. the truth is is that they are and they don't have anybody to talk to and they don't even know that themselves
0: well i just want to jump in real quick and then emerald i want, i'm looking forward to, to what you have to share but one thing stood out in your birth story to me and that was when you explained how that midwife who listened to you you just simply uh, yes. said she listened to my story and she heard me and I thought that's very powerful right like that's literally what she did she was ears and she was kindness and you know I just yeah, think she, that she, yeah
2: she, she gave she gave me a hug I remember
0: yeah um, just, She just
2: gave me yeah she said I was doing really great um she gave me a hug
0: mm-hmm. um, I think we forget I, how how much that can be what we truly need you know it's yes. just someone to listen and be there Yes, yes. So, So. yeah, so tell us a little bit more, because obviously that is exactly what you do. Sometimes they're not in-person hugs, right? They're virtual it's, yes.
1: hugs. They're yes. virtual so, hugs.
2: <laughs> so um, part of why I, I do enjoy the group and mentoring is because I know that there's, there's just a lack of support, because I knew I didn't get the support. Um, and I could see from just being in the group for a while that, You know, I wasn't the only one that just didn't know what I was doing. That didn't, we didn't just have that village. I mean, back in the day, I don't know, hundreds of years ago, people, there were real villages. I mean, we don't have that. Somebody would bring you
1: eggs, somebody would take care of your child, somebody would, doesn't exist.
2: Yeah, so so Facebook groups actually have a uh, feature. It's like a mentorship feature. Um, It's somewhere on the menu. I don't know if every single Facebook group has it, but I know ours does. Um, Basically, you click on it and it takes you to this page where you can sign up to be a mentor or you can find someone to mentor you. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's it's, it's like built into the Facebook group. Um, And so Jessica and I are mentors on that. And so people can basically go there Um, And I think it's a more comfortable way for people to feel like they're reaching out to you for help. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you can also
1: on the mentor and profile too, like Emerel can put what she has experienced with her kids. So somebody, so you can be relatable. It's kind of like pre-dating. Yeah. So and she this could, happens. She through, had, this
0: happens through Facebook as well. Yeah, yes. Facebook group. Yeah. Yes. So she okay. can put, you know,
1: two children, VBAC, hip Dutch formula, mm. and somebody who has gone through that same experience can reach out to her for for support.
0: Oh, yeah. so it so, might not be either one of you two. It could be somebody yes, else in the group. Exactly. It could, so they
2: can pick. So there's people. Oh. It's it's people. Members in the community can go in there, set up a profile, and say, hey. Like, I'm a mom and I'd like to help other moms. Yeah. And so you can click on that. But I think like the process is like there's probably something you click on that says message this mom, you know, to start a mentorship program. And so, you know, it connects you quickly through um, Facebook Messenger. Facebook Messenger tells you so-and-so is sending you a message and would like to like, you know, start a mentorship um, program with you. Um, and so they message you and they say, hi, you know, I'm looking for help. Are you available type thing? Um, yeah, you know, there's
1: been a lot of friendships made in that group. Yes. Yeah. And
2: so, so that and that's how that starts. And then basically, I respond, and then we we chat about different things, um, you know. And and it sometimes it's not even just formula. It's it's solid food. It's other things. It's just motherhood. It can be anything because it usually leads to that. You know, a lot of mm-hmm. times it leads to that. Um, we do also just get messages outside of that program. <coughs> mm-hmm. um, so people will just message us, just to message us, which is um fine too but
0: um yeah <clears throat> sorry just 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 a question here for for our yes. listeners if someone just say, you know, is, is maybe into their breastfeeding journey and, and formula hasn't been part of their journey, or maybe they're already using a formula that, that they're all set with and they don't necessarily need advice in that department, but they're listening right now and they're thinking, oh my gosh, I would kill for a mentorship um, opportunity. Maybe they're a mom who would want to mentor, or as I, as I assume might also be the case, they feel in need of mentoring. Would they be allowed to join your group or is your group, um, does it need to start? Be, be it have it start by being a mom who's interested in formula oh it can be anyone and I think
2: we even I think somewhere in our description we say it's not just a formula group we ask mm. other questions too, mm-hmm. um, and okay. even when I and I even do like kind of welcome posts where every time we get like a hundred members I'll say, you know, we're, we're just a, we're a parenting community, we're a village, you know, it's not just, it's not just about formula. We get sleep questions. We get so many questions. Yeah. You'll even, you know, yeah. You see, yeah, non, and, uh, you know, non-formula related questions, like mm-hmm. what kind of product do you like for this? Or like what oh, kind wow. of sunscreen? What bottle it's, do
1: you use? Yeah, it's, it's
2: a mommy group. It's basically a mommy group, but it's just titled, you know, the formula name.
1: So. Just because that's how it started. And a lot of the moms, you know, this is not exclusively for formula feeding either. Um, a lot of the moms will supplement here. And there some moms are weaning off breast milk at one and just looking for like-minded like had they had to use formula they may have come to this group and now they're searching for you know what kind of milk to give your child mm-hmm. and it's not you know this is not just some group we put together with like kind of our thoughts and opinions like MRL has really put some really hard research into you know the, f- the the profiles of milk and milk alternatives and um you know linked studies of of different things and it's really really <laughs> resourceful Awesome. Well,
0: this is, I mean, this is so exciting. I mean, this sounds like a wonderful resource for women in all stages of the journey, because I'm just immediately thinking about how um, I'm still breastfeeding my son. He's almost 23 months. But I remember not being sure of how long our journey was going to continue and hearing my pediatrician say, well, at 12 months, you can start giving him milk, blah, 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 blah. And interestingly enough, I think she said something about low fat milk, which I kind of shook my head at. I was like, I kind of feel like a kiddo should have full fat. But anyways, but I remember thinking, if I end up going down the path of weaning him sooner, than. And then obviously, I have. I'm interested in milk alternatives. So I remember having this like inner dialogue. So it kind of makes mm-hmm. me think if any, for example, of our listeners are experiencing that, your group would be the place to bring those kind of questions and, Get and it concerns. Yeah, yes. milk.
1: Yes. Almond milk, soy milk. Goat milk, I heard you milk, say earlier. Goat milk, Oat. Yeah. Oat milk. Make your own milk. All that Make all that jazz. Milk. <laughs> R- ripple milk, ripple milk. Ripple topic. milk, yeah.
2: We get a lot of everything. Yeah. Awesome.
0: yeah. Wow. Well I, I just can't believe um you know the, the wealth of information and experience that, you know, the two of you alone bring to this group and, and, and bring here to to our listeners and to our abcs of matrescence community because you've both had really unique experiences as far as i would say your biggest obstacles in your struggles but then also in your triumphs as well just the, the fact that you can share those too is just it's really inspiring so thank you yeah well
2: we're happy to share it with people because i think sharing um you know when a mom when a mom hears someone else that has gone through something similar or the same thing it, it does make us feel a bit better. Um, like sort of like okay well you know this isn't abnormal or there's nothing wrong mm-hmm. with me like she went through that too so this must be something that people go through um, and I mm-hmm. kind of feel better hearing someone else talking about it so yeah. yeah yeah
1: yeah
0: that community building like you know like we talked about and and it, it takes a village and just knowing that you know you're I mean I think I think to both of you. Imagine if you had had this group, Jessica, when you were first experiencing demer at the very beginning. Imagine if you had had a place to go on that day 10. And mm-hmm. similarly, Amara, immediately after your cesarean, your husband's back at work, you're struggling, you are truly like in the depths, your your postpartum depression is is already beginning to surface. Imagine if you had been able to reach out to a community like this, you know?
2: Exactly, exactly. And yeah. that's that's why that's why we're so, I guess Excited and yeah. passionate. I, I feel yeah. like you're both yes. passionate.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're 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 full time mamas, and you're balancing this and other and other jobs, and you're doing yes. this. Um, you know, I, I just think it's incredible.
1: Yeah, and you know, it's an it's it's really eye opening because what you see is you know twenty thousand moms. You know, fine. You know, maybe not twenty thousand are active, but I don't know. You know, fifteen thousand or ten, twelve thousand, whatever. But we're all in this really long canoe right and there is holes everywhere there is just water getting in everywhere so we're literally drowning and if you've got one mom with one bucket you're not doing anything but all of these moms are, are scooping the water out of this to help keep the boat afloat the boat is still sinking but at a much slower rate so there's holes in everybody's boat and we are just all just with our noses above water although like it doesn't that. seem like that, that that is literally what it is that's
0: how motherhood is.
1: <laughs> yes. that's literally yes. what it is and anybody you know you see things you know people have it together like they have have it together like I can have it together for for you know a nice photo shoot or or some type of post but like I don't have pants on I went out today when my pants were inside out at the post office and a woman told me that in the post office and I'm like you didn't it's fine you didn't really have to say that but thank you (laughs) inside out they were inside
0: out I feel like that's Rhode Island for you they're way too honest to you I've had people be like you look tired I'm like don't tell me that so kind thank you <laughs> oh goodness yes. well so uh, as i've mentioned we're going to be putting information about your facebook group here into our show notes can is it is it possible though that you could both just share with me this the title of it so if people wanted to just hop on and, and search in the facebook search bar the the specific title of it yes
2: um it's hip and hole um, parent support community
0: okay and can we you do you mind spelling out phonetically hip and hole
2: Yes, hold on. Uh, yes, yeah. so H- <coughs> H-I-P-P,
0: mm-hmm.
2: um, and then ampersand and. <laughs> um, Hole is H-O-L-L-E, mm-hmm. and then formulas,
0: mm-hmm.
2: parent,
0: support, community. Awesome. So, I've been Hole formulas, parent, support, community. Awesome. Yeah. Well, we, as I said, we're going to add this in with the specific link address as well. Um, but this information will be, will be very, very pertinent. And, um, you know, also that would be a way through which our listeners would be able to connect with you too, also as individuals. So we yes. really appreciate this. Well, I cannot thank you enough for taking the time to share your stories and your experiences and, as a testament to really what community is. I mean, Jessica, I think about when you and I met and, you know, we started chatting about motherhood surface level, right? How many kids mm-hmm. do you have? Like and then we kinda got a little deeper and then it was kinda like, Well, this is something I've been struggling with and oh, this is something I'm doing and I, I find that, you know, it sometimes is that little bit of that uncomfortable feeling when you're kind of starting to feel like you're a little vulnerable, but I find that every time that I've gotten a little bit more vulnerable with another woman related to motherhood, I have never regretted it. And I feel like our conversation was an example of that. And even tonight, Amaril, for you to share so openly, we only know each other through our microphones right now. And I feel a connection between us just simply because of your willingness to to share your story. So yeah. (laughs) And, And
2: yeah. A lot of fun being on, on the show
0: and, and talking about it. So. Well, good. Well, I, we, we're we just so delighted to have both of you as guests and, and also to know that, you know, you're playing such a pivotal role in supporting women across the world. And, and I just think that that's really inspiring, so... So thank you both. As mentioned, all of this wonderful information about Amarill and Jessica will be in our show notes. So be sure to check those out. As always, we thank you for listening to ABCs of Matrescence. You can always find us on Instagram at ABCs of Matrescence. And if you have a couple extra seconds, jump on over to iTunes and rate and review us. It helps other mamas find us and connect with our community. So thanks again for tuning in and we will chat with you all soon.